Thank you for joining us today. No doubt about it, God speaks to His children. That gut feeling we sometimes refer to is God speaking to His children through the indwelling Holy Spirit. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. When we incline our entire being to Him, we will recognize the different ways He speaks to us. And when He speaks and we obey, He will order each moment of our lives, and we will be blessed and be a blessing beyond human comprehension. Have Bible pen and paper handy. Thank you for who you are, our one and only true and living God. Thank you, Lord, for this worship celebration. We've already had a time. (laughs) Prayer and praise and singing and worship and blessing missionaries. But now it's time for the preach word. What is worship without the word of God? Anoint me now, fill me with your spirit. I give you all the glory. Before I preach one word, may it all go back to you. Restrain the work of the enemy, Father. Silence the cell phones. I pray, Lord, that people stay focused and not have wandering minds. In Jesus' name. And all God's children said, have your Bibles. We're still in the book of Jonah. And uh, it's just so many rich, profound truths. Uh, we'll get out of Jonah this year. This is just easy. How do you get so much out of four chapters? Only God. Only God. I think this might be the 20th message in this little book. But, but who's in a rush when truth is being dispensed for his, his glory and our good? I want you to turn to Jonah chapter 3, verses 8 through 10 is our text for this morning. And the text reads, People and animals alike must wear garments of mourning, and everyone must pray earnestly to God. They must turn from their evil ways and stop all their violence. Who can tell? Perhaps even yet God will change his mind and hold back his fierce anger from destroying us. When God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction he had threatened. I want to preach this morning the revival that changed God's mind. The revival that changed God's mind. Revival among God's people is so essential for spiritual reawakening from a state of spiritual sluggishness. Revival is about being reawakened from spiritual stagnation and dormancy in the lives of believers. And a key critical component that ushers in revival is prayer. For without prayer, there can really be no revival. Well, then what is prayer? Prayer is having conversations with God from the heart. Prayer is having conversations with God from the heart. Believers are to pray about everything. Nothing's off the table when it comes to prayer. Being confident that God hears and answers our prayer. Prayer must be a way of life for the believer. 
It is through prayer that God's children speak to him. It is through prayer that God's children call on him. And it is through prayer that God's children cry out to him. The scripture says in Jonah chapter 3 verse 8, But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. You see, my friends, the king of Nineveh passed an edict that he and his people would cover themselves with sackcloth and cry out mightily to God. Hearing the message of Jonah deeply moved the king to humble himself. Jonah's message convicted the king to pray and to move the people he led to pray and repent lest imminent judgment from Almighty God would come upon him and his people because of their violence and evil ways. Beloved, like the king, we too must get serious about prayer, especially with all the crime that we have. It's time to pray. In light of the addictions, the financial debt people are in, people are stressed out, they're worried, they have rebellious children and grandchildren, and so much more. Because of the troubling times in which we live, it is critical that we have a renewed passion for prayer. A renewed passion for prayer. Much prayer, much power. Little prayer, little power. No prayer, no power. You can ill afford in times like these to be a spiritual weakling. God's word says in Ephesians 10, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. God wants you strong so you can withstand the attacks of the devil. Uh, he's, he's full of schemes. He's full of satanic strategies. His design and aim and purpose is to just wipe us out. He hates you. He is not your friend. Don't spend all your time talking to the devil. Spend your time talking with the Lord who will help you fight the devil. Amen. With that being said, what keeps our prayers from being heard from God? Now, how, how many of you want to pray better and want to improve on your prayer life? How many of you can use much pra- How many of you can use more prayer in your life? I know I can. When you say, no, I, I, I got it all together. Uh, I've prayed enough. I can't pray any more than I'm praying. Uh, you, you out of your mind. What keeps our prayers from being heard from God? Well, if, if you're going to pray, you, you, you want God to hear your prayers and not only hear your prayers, but answers your prayer. What keeps our prayers from being heard by God? Number one, a sinful life keeps our prayers from being heard by God. Uh, that king prayed and God answered his prayer. A sinful life keep, keeps our prayers from being heard by God. Psalm 66, 18 says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. Beloved, unconfessed sins in our heart and life will separate us from God. And he will not hear, nor will he answer our prayers, which results in us not having peace from God. You won't have the peace of God if you have a life filled with sin. You won't have provision from God. You need peace in this troubling world. You don't want a disturbed spirit. You want to be at peace. When the world is falling apart, you can still have peace. If you are in fellowship with God, 
And if you're following his word, when you are right with God, you get his provisions, provisions from God. We need provisions for God. I don't want God to stop providing for me. And uh, I want to keep living in a way that God, God takes delight in blessing me. When we fail to pray, we will not have God's protection. When we fail to pray, we will not have God's protection. And when we fail to uh, live a life uh, of holiness and live in sin, then your life will go without the presence of God. And it's dangerous to live in times like these without God's presence. Moses, I like what he said. He said, Lord, if you don't go with me, I don't want to go. Isaiah 59 two says, but your iniquities, that's uh, synonymous with sins, have separated you from your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. You're in a bad spiritual place in life when God refused to hear your prayers. I want to pray and I want God to hear my prayers and answer my prayers. And I don't want to be so devilish that God says, I'm not studying you. What keeps our prayers from being heard by God, secondly, is a lack of intimacy with Christ. A lack of intimacy with Christ will hinder our prayers. Prayer draws us closer to God, and it keeps us watchful. Prayer keeps us alert. Prayer keeps us from slipping and sliding spiritually all over the place. Prayer keeps us from, keeps us from backsliding. Uh, prayer enables us to have a spiritual perceptive on all of life. You see things from God's perspective. You have spiritual insight. God illuminates your mind so you can think clearly. You can hear what's not being said. You can read between the lines. God will give you a word of wisdom. God will give you spiritual answers uh, for those who are coming to you with various needs. But you got to be close to God. Prayer deepens our relationship with God. It strengthens our relationship with Christ. As a matter of fact, in James 4, 8a, it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Beloved, the reason so many Christians are deceived and led astray and make some of the worst decisions imaginable, it's because they have drifted from the Savior. The farther you get from Christ, if you are estranged from Christ, even as you sit here today, uh, you will struggle and you will make some of the worst decisions that you can ever make in times like these. And bad decisions will set your life back. And it takes a while, sometimes a long while to recover from the wrong decisions. Many saints have a closer relationship with people than they do God. They text people, email people, keep people informed. They text, 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 text. It's a wonder they don't have a callus on their fingers. They just go on and they can text so fast. They're not, they, they can look, look at y'all laughing at me. I see y'all laughing over there on that front row. I mean, their hands just go like that. They're not even looking. And then, but, 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 but what about turning the pages of Holy Scriptures? Do you ever get calluses from turning the pages of Scripture? Uh, you know, you know they, they they, they're people in regression because they're closer to people than they are God. They talk to people all day long. Same people. Same old stuff. You know, God, when you talk with God, he knows how to keep your conversation fresh. 
And, you know, and some people love, some people, um, they can't get closer to God because they love the things of this world more than God, who is our creator and savior, which is a travesty. First John 2.15 says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. The king of Nineveh got serious about God. That prophet, that prophet Jonah spoke truth to power. He spoke truth boldly under the unctioning of the spirit. He was not ashamed. That king was ruthless. He led a ruthless and diabolical people. He could have whacked Jonah's head off. Jonah was in enemy territory. And yet, even though he went astray, God reeled him back, had a a storm come up with his name on it. Hurricane Jonah came, got him off that ship, parked the taxi cab in, in the form of a big fish, opened his mouth, blew, swallowed him up, gave him indigestions, I can imagine, and he stayed in there until God got through with him. You know, God knows how to keep you in a crisis until, he, until you change. You in your crisis, and he looks at you, he analyzes you, he said, oh, no, she's not ready yet. I believe she needs about three more months in the oven, in the fire, before she gets ready. ready. So, you know what? When you don't live right, you prolong your crisis. You prolong your storm. Storm. Uh, uh, Jonah was not comfortable in the belly of that fish. That fish said, I'd be glad when this old rebellious man get his life right so I can get my tummy in order. Get my tummy in order. I mean, Jonah was as good as dead. God was so sick and tired of Jonah's rebellion. And he said, I'm getting you out of my sight. I don't even want to see you. Get out of here. Swallow him up well. You know, everything obeyed. God, but Jonah. Plant obeyed him. The water obeyed him. The wind obeyed him. The fish obeyed him. And Jonah said, "Uh uh-uh, I'm going the other way. Don't you play hardball with God. And he went and preached the gospel once he got on shore, smelling like star-kissed tuna. <laughs> and did that man preach. He didn't want no more of a big fish tummy. And he preached until that king was arrested by God, convicted by God, and he didn't just talk about it. He did something about his, his character, his evil ways, his violence. Took off everything. Uh, everything uh, b- besides getting naked. And he humbled himself. And the people followed suit. He passed an edict that everybody would do the same thing. Humble yourself. Nobody eats. Nobody drinks. Uh, We're going to die. People are dying all around us. Some of you are too ashamed to get the gospel to them because you are afraid of their response. Jonah could have been afraid of the response of those evil Ninevites. I'd rather die serving God than run in rebellion and have God mad at me. Amen? So we need to keep that in mind. Number three, pride will keep our prayers from being heard by God. Isaiah 2.12, 
Isaiah 2.12 says, The Lord Almighty has a day in store for all the proud and lofty, for all that is exalted, and they will be humbled. Those who are proud in heart, those who say, you can't tell me what to do. I know what I'm doing. Those who refuse to humble themselves, God will humble you. If you don't humble yourself before God, he will humble you. Not only will he humble you, he will humiliate you. Isaiah 2.12 says, the Lord Almighty has a day in store for all the proud and lofty, for all that is exalted. And they will be humble. Pride. What is pride? Pride is to value or have too high a view of oneself. It is to value or have too high of a view of yourself. It is also to act independently of God when making critical life decisions. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, not just a part of your heart, with all your heart, trust in him. And now underline this, we we memorize the verse and we know it so well until it no longer speaks to us. But I like the second phrase in that passage, and lean not on your own understanding. And that's where we get in trouble with God because we substitute the mind of Christ from his word with our own human wisdom, with our own human understanding to our own spiritual and even physical demise and detriment. In verse six, it says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. He knows where you are. Someone under my voice, you had a critical crossroad. You got a major decision to make and you can ill afford to to mess it up. Tell God what that decision is. To tell God I can ill afford to mess this. Now, God, I, you know what the decision is. This decision that I have to make is, and tell him what it is. Now, God, will you please show me what to do? I'm going to wait till you show me. And if I don't, Lord, if I don't hear from you, I'm not moving. And God will guide you in those critical decisions. Number four, disobedience keeps our prayers from being heard by God. Disobedience keeps our prayers from being heard by God. Deuteronomy 28:15 says, But it shall come to pass if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. You cannot escape the consequences of God from your rebellion, just as in the case of Jonah. If you, beloved, are defiant and rebel against God and his word, not only will the Lord not hear your prayers, but you will also receive divine chastening from him. Job 5.17 says, Behold, happy is the man whom God corrects. God chastens those uh, he loves, my friend. Therefore, do not despise the chastening of the Almighty. Whenever God chastens you, he's chastening you and he's chasing me with a divine purpose in mind. He's shaping us up. He chases us because he loves us. He chases us because he doesn't want us going the wrong direction. He he chases us because he wants to get the best out of us. And life is too short to be going down the wrong path. And if you listen to God and hear him through the pages of scripture, The Lord will keep you in his path. Uh, Number five, idolatry obstructs the prayers of believers. Idolatry obstructs the prayers of believers.
First Samuel seven, chapter seven, verse three, it says, then Samuel spoke to all the house of Israel saying, if you return to the Lord with all your heart, then put away, said put away, just like the king of Nineveh. He implemented, he, he didn't just talk the talk. He, he was moved to action. And so it says here in the text, if you return to the Lord with all your heart, not just some of your heart, not half-hearted, it's all your heart, then put away. Say put away. Okay. Say it a little bit louder. Put away. Okay. Say it a little bit louder. Put, a- okay. put away the foreign gods that the asterisks and the asterisks from among you and prepare your hearts for the Lord. And serve him only. Serve him only. Well, what he said, what put away the idols. He said, I don't have any idols. I'm not worship, worshiping any statues. I'm not worshiping sticks and all that stuff. I'm not worshiping the moon. But that perhaps, but I believe if we look a little closer, there's some idolatry in your life. For example, you can make an, out, an idol out of yourself. It's all about you. Anybody tell you nothing because you got it all together. You know what you want to do, how you want to do it, when you want to do it. You're selfish. You're self-centered. And you tap everything when you can't get your way because you made yourself God. Some of you allow idols to be technology, Facebook. Facebook has become an idol. And uh, you spend more time on it than you do. Than you do. People will just, others you make uh, idols out of people. And uh, that's a dangerous thing because people will let you down. Some of you make idols out of your career. Some Others of you make idols out of money. You can't make enough of it. There are a lot of folk can't come to the Lord's house to worship because they're always trying to make another dollar. And my question to you is, how much is enough? You know, it's the career. It's the money. S- some folk is sex and pornography. Others is power. They're addicted to power. They like Power. They can't let it go. They, they don't want to let it go. It, 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 it strokes their ego. Others is positions. Uh, others uh, positions and power can all be idolatrous. Entertainment can be idolatrous. Uh, living in pursuit of pleasure. Pleasure is not bad, but living in pursuit of it at all costs uh, becomes idolatry. Some of you make idols out of your pets. Your pets. Your pets take all your time. There's nothing wrong with pets and have pets. And if they're therapeutic and they're the cats rubbing all against your legs and you say, ooh, that's, I, that's, that feels good to me. And others of you saying, I don't want a cat jumping on my table. You know, you know well, then the dog, you say, oh, it's not that, then it's the birds. You know, folk got snakes. They got all kinds of stuff as pets, you know. That's some kind of pets. I don't, I, I'm wondering about some of these pets. I remember I said this once before some time ago. I was in, on 1960 in Houston, and I stopped at a, a, a signal light at the red was it was red, and I was waiting there, and I looked over, and this man had this great big old python wrapped all. He was just wrapped around with that big old snake, and I just, I couldn't even pull off when the light turned green. So I was, I thought I was, I thought I was at the zoo, you know. I said, "Wow, look at that! I get a free zoo day," you know. Your, your, your pets, you make idols out of religious images, out of images, certain images you have, and. Idols out of pictures. You know, you, you make idols out of Mary holding Jesus, baby Jesus. And you, you got that. About, there are people that get these little the statues and statues and monuments and pictures of, of Jesus. And they think Jesus is going to look just like that, which he's, he's not. You, how do you make a real picture of Jesus? 
When you think about who God is, and when he comes in all that blazing glory, what picture can really depict Christ in the way he should be depicted? It doesn't do it justice. So they're holding on to the picture, and they got a picture in their heart. They're holding on to it. They think they're holding on to Jesus. Then they hold on. You, that picture becomes an adult. You, you, you can have all those little re- religious pictures and crosses and trinkets can be idolatrous when you substitute that for the true person of Christ. I'm not through yet. You say, well, he ain't called mine. Here's one. Ashes of cremated loved ones in urns, to name a few. You know, there's a time where people are being cremated. You say, well, should I be cremated or not and all that? And wait, I, look how quiet y'all got. Y'all just want Well, the scripture don't say one way or another about it, but I already told my family, now when I'm gone, don't, don't, don't burn my body up. My body, my body is the Lord in life and death. Bury me and let me do the proper uh, decomposition <laughs> the way it's supposed to be. I want to be, Jesus was buried. I want to be buried. And I don't want to burn up nothing that the Lord has created. Now, that's my position. Now, if you cremate, you got cremated in your will or with your relatives. That's your business. Nothing. It's not a sin or nothing. I was just sharing my. That's Draper's position. But you, but you're listening. You know, I, my body is mine now, and that body, you know, as it decomposes, is still the, the Lord's, and the Lord's work, the Lord's working, even though my soul and spirit is in heaven. And uh, so I don't want to. I just feel funny burning up something the Lord has created. That's me personally. It's my personal conviction as related to that. But then they get the ashes, they put it in his urn, then they put it up on the mat, put it up somewhere invisible in the living room. Look how quiet y'all got. Good. That means you're listening. Good, good. And they put it up there and they look at, uh, hey, Joe. Joe, you got the biggest grandbaby. She's eight pounds, six ounces, 22 inches long. Joe, how you doing? Merry and the Christmas. Merry Christmas, Joe. And you and you're talking to that thing, and you know what? You keep talking to that thing. That thing gonna talk back to you. <laughs> Satan knows how to speak through images. Th- that's right. That's right. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org, where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.